Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. Hello and welcome to Ask Margaret from What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Answering your parenting dilemmas one question at a time. Today's question comes from Emily who asks... As a mom of boys, I am finding that my five-year-old son is very handsy with his friends or boy cousins. It is like my younger son and other boys are like magnets that cannot keep their hands off of each other. It's not aggressive. It's just constant touching, tickling, purposely running into each other, etc. It drives me crazy, but I'm not sure how to curb it or if that's even possible. Along with that, even if I get my son to break the habit, how do I keep other kids from putting their hands all over him? It's not that I am any more of a germaphobe than anyone else. I just feel like it's a recipe for disaster. And when he goes to school in the fall, I don't want him to be off task and missing directions. Is there any Anything I can do, or is this just a boy thing? Um, gonna come in hot with this is just a boy thing for the most part. So, when we recently had Christina Martin on the podcast, we were talking about learning through play, and this is a good way to frame this. This is not like you guys have to stop touching each other and roughhousing and being each other's spaces and learn. In fact, surprisingly, what they are doing by getting in each other's faces, touching each other, tickling each other, roughhousing with each other is actually learning. So hopefully that's a good perspective shift. Let me read you this quote. You're not necessarily even talking about um, roughhousing, but I think it pertains to what we're talking about. In his book, Wild Justice, evolutionary biologist Mark Beckoff says the unpredictable nature of roughhousing actually rewires a child's brain by increasing the connections between neurons in the cerebral cortex, which in turn contributes to behavioral flexibility. Learning how to cope with sudden changes while roughhousing trains your kiddos to cope with unexpected bumps in the road when they're out in the real world. So... As you look through nature, look at a group of puppies, look uh, at a group of monkeys, at a group of uh, lion cubs. What are they doing? They're in each other's faces. They're rolling around together. And so this is natural biological behavior because it serves a role. So it's not just like stop touching each other because it annoys me. I would put it in this behavioral context and realize whether it's roughhousing or just kind of touching each other and getting in each other's faces, this is a very natural thing for kids to be doing. Now, that being said, we go to spaces and places. So we understand that kids crave this physical contact with each other, that roughhousing plays this important role 
when I say roughhousing, it can even just be like physically touching, tickling, getting in each other's physical spaces. Um, but we also don't necessarily want them tackling each other at church. Let's give an example from my own life. I have two boys and I deal with a lot of uh, over-involvement in each other's physical spaces. And so this is a great place to use our spaces and places rule, which is it is fine when you guys are out in the backyard for you to wrestle, roll around. I would say as long as the pairings are fairly equal. So you don't want a 12-year-old physically overpairing a five-year-old. And as long as people understand the rules of the game, this is something I talk a lot with with my boys, is everybody playing? I have one guy who kind of likes to come out of the blue and tackle unsuspecting people. That's not allowed either. And um, as long as there's a general sense of balance in the group and that people are behaving safely, I would say, this is fine. You guys get out there, wrestle, do whatever you want. But we don't do this, let's say, in church. When your kids goes to school, they're going to work a lot on this. And this is one of the roles of school. And it's been really hard for kids who've been out of school because they're missing this experience, which is it's not okay to tackle each other in the classroom. It's a lot of keeping our hands to ourselves during the school day, especially when we're learning. But hey, out at recess, if you guys are out there tussling up with each other, that's fine because this is needed and necessary behavior for kids, but there are spaces and places where it is and is not appropriate. And so, no, you don't have to sit back and be like, oh, well, boys, I guess I have to accept this. You can start putting parameters around it. But I would shift that thinking a little bit from this is something that my kids do to drive me crazy Two, this is something that is one of our favorite things. It's a biological imperative. And so how can we put spaces and places around it to make it okay? Then you mentioned it's not a concern for you, but for other people, this idea of like, well, germs, and especially as we come off of COVID. During COVID times, kids from different pods should not be wrestling and up in each other's faces because it's not safe. I'm going to speak to post-COVID times, which hopefully we are approaching at some point here. Um, I would not worry very much at all about germs. Your kids are in school sharing a ton of germs. And in the first while that they're in school, they're going to be sharing those germs no matter if they're roughhousing, tickling, getting physical with each other or not. And so I will link to an article in the New York Times that is called Germs, Germs Everywhere. Are you worried? Get over it, which is a little bit of a saucy title, but it's useful, I think, for resetting a little bit of our ideas around germs. And her basic conclusion is after a ton of studies of people who lived in germ-free environments and germ-full environments, that her basic conclusion was just wash your hands with soap and water a few times a day and leave it at that. And that's what you need to do to combat germs, not stop your kids from getting up in each other's faces. I will say also, this is a phase a little bit. So you're dealing with a peak of it at five, but I now have 12 and 10. And believe me, I would say half the time to get out of the car, they're on the ground wrestling and fighting with each other. And I just step over them and go in the house and put my groceries away because I say to myself, ah, that biological imperative is at work and I'm going to let it play out and I'm going to control it in other spaces and places. Emily, I hope that helps. If you have questions for myself or Amy, you can send them to questions at whatfreshhealthpodcast.com or ask them on our Facebook page. And you might hear your question on an upcoming episode. Thanks for listening. 
Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.